0: hello friends the doctor is in and we'll see you now i'm your host dr otaku welcome to the anime waiting room joining me today are my co hosts ellie and drew we're not real doctors but if anime is your drug of choice we've got the fix for you Back, everyone, to the second official episode of the Anime Waiting Room Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Dr. Otaku. Joining me today are my wonderful co hosts, Ellie and Drew. Say hello, guys.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: Hello, guys. <laughs> All right, today we have a very special episode. We'll be reviewing the hit shonen in sports anime, Hike U, or Hike U, Hike Double U, whatever you prefer. We will only be reviewing Season 1, though, so if you like this content, we may be reviewing subsequent seasons in the future. Anyways, before we dive straight in, how are you guys doing, Elliot and Drew? What's been going on, or what have you been watching this month?
1: Well, I'm doing pretty good, you know, I've just been watching Lycoris Recoil, as well as Black Summoner on Saturdays, and Overlord. Lycoris? I heard it could call called like, Licorice
0: or Licorice. licorice? I wow, really don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, in the Wouldn't show, they, they literally say, the like, "licoris" or something.
1: I mean, they call it, like, Recoil or, like, 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 Rico?
0: Yeah, that's, like, the cafe is, like, called Lico rico."
1: Yeah, I thought, no, I thought that's, like, the full title of a cafe. Like yeah, the... I don't
2: know. <laughs> uh, yeah. The... yeah. Anime titles are tricky to pronounce sometimes when they create words.
0: Yep. Uh, Drew, what have you been watching?
2: Since the last time we recorded, the two big series that I watched in their entirety the past, what, five or six weeks were Keon and Eureka 7. Actually, Eureka 7 is another one where I'm pronouncing it the way I think it's pronounced, but in the show, in Japanese, they call her name, uh, or they pronounce it Eureka. So I guess it might be Erica 7, but I see it, it written down in English. I can't help but call it Eureka 7.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, but both of those shows were things that I really liked a whole lot. That's cool.
0: Uh, for me, I also watch Licorice, licorice, licorice Recoil. Uh, I've been watching Classroom of Elite. I oh, think yeah, was, it's yeah. pretty seasonal. And I did watch the B- Beyond the Boundary, the the whole show, uh, and I've only watched half the movie. Uh, actually, there's a couple of movies. I think one of them is like uh, the past one. No, that's
2: the the first movie is just a compilation yeah. film. Yeah. So the the, the future
0: one, I've actually started, but I only watch half of it because I fell asleep on the couch, and <laughs> and I think my mom's been monopolizing the movie. Oh, sorry, not the movie. The, the Blu-ray player. Actually, funnily enough, my mom's been watching uh, Kingdom, uh, which is... I think it's a pretty popular seasonal anime. But she watches oh, it entirely okay. in dub.
2: Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I'm still judging her. But, I mean... You know, people can watch anime how they yeah, want.
0: you can judge my mom. It's fine. Like, I don't think I take offense. <laughs> I mean, I think her literal definition of character growth is how many people can each general kill <laughs> <laughs> so if you want an insight into my mom's mind uh as she watches these things yeah it's like a fun time she describes it as character development but yeah i think that show is very funny cuz yeah there's like no blood it's like you know those video games like uh uh i mean actually what's it called dynasty warriors like yeah. there is blood yeah. but like that's the way the show is it's like it you just slaughter like hundreds and hundreds of soldiers
1: Is it like white blood? You know how like sometimes like shows will censor the blood and turn No, into, like, it's just like you know then? like
0: a uh, cartoon basically that oh. they just like fall over and and like there's like scratches in the armor. It's very interesting. I mean, I it's don't know.
2: Probably a better way to do it than to have all the blood colored white because there's something <laughs> yeah. weird about that too.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't know much about the show. All I've seen it, it looks like it looks like a Dynasty's Warriors anime. Pretty much. Yeah, shout out to D- Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> pretty good game. Um, the other thing that um, played, Dynasty we have-
2: Warriors. <laughs> I did,
0: I did actually. But the I Clippers never o-
2: came out it was pretty fun.
0: Yeah. I never owned a copy. What, what are you gonna I was gonna you...
2: say the uh, other thing that we watched a few weeks ago was a theatrical screening of Only Yesterday, which is probably my favorite Ghibli film, and three of us were able to catch that along with uh, a few of our other friends. So definitely yeah. a fun treat to see anime in a theater.
0: Oh yeah, that was that was enjoyable for sure.
1: And those are nice seats.
0: I know. I know a lot of us have, had a, like a dark. <laughs> <laughs> we had like some dark things going through our mind in certain scenes. It's <laughs> based on previous anime we watched, but yeah. I think most of it was really positive and I mean That's Miyazaki, right? That's Miyazaki.
2: Oh, that was Isao Takahata. Oh, okay, okay. I
0: yeah. forget. Yeah, but gener- generally Ghibli, I
2: think most people associate Ghibli with Miyazaki, but yeah. he isn't the only one to direct movies for the studio. Yeah,
3: True.
0: Awesome. Yeah, generally, they're a very
1: positive studio. Um, I'm too scarred by truck in anime. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> expect I, to have Actually, the there's on. another...
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Strictly Anime <laughs> Podcast. I think they use the term truck coon whenever... Yeah. Trucks run over people in Izakai. I mean that's kinda like how most Izakai starts actually.
2: <laughs> unless, Nobody ever just dies of old age, huh? Yeah, it, unless
1: you're summoned. Yeah, you have to be like
0: brutally murdered in your in your mid thirties and then resurrected in another yeah, world.
1: Or you get summoned or you work overwork yourself to death. Yeah. And go to a next life.
0: Yeah. Wow, we went we went we went far on this, but yeah, it's pretty. We got we got time. We got time. <laughs> All right, uh, that wraps up our intros. Okay, so uh, I'm just gonna go over a general overview of Haikyu, and just describe the show a little bit. So Haikyu is a. It, well, the word is literally uh, derived from the Japanese word for volleyball. And it's a sports shonen about one Japanese high school's volleyball club, uh, Karasuna High School Volleyball Club. And it's their journey to reach the National Volleyball Tournament. Its main focus is on the volleyball career of the protagonist Hinata Shoyo, and how he discovers volleyball and tries to overcome his own physical challenges. He's pretty short. So the show, I think, separates a lot from the typical sports anime, though, because it spends a lot of time broadening its focus. Uh, they show how Karasuno sort of evolves as a team and how they, each individual comes together to contribute. And they also f- spend a lot of time on developing the character development of other teams, like opponents rivals we get a lot of that throughout the anime but for this analysis we'll only be focusing on season one also for drew's sake he's only watched season one elliot and i have watched
2: an anime a lot slower than you guys yeah we've
0: pretty much watched the whole thing including i think there's like a ova um i think there's coming out with movies too but that's in the future The, the ovas are just summaries yeah some recaps Anyways, uh, Drew, why don't you start us off with telling us about the creators and some of the directors of Haikyuu.
2: Sure. Okay. So Haikyuu is based on a manga by Haruichi Furudate. The manga was published in Weekly Shonen Jump from February 2012 to July 2020. So it's about, it's 45 volumes. I guess the story is complete, unless there's a sequel that I don't know about. I haven't read the entire manga, but I did read Volume 1, just to do a little uh, background preparation for watching this series and discussing it on the podcast. What I can see, the anime does stay very close to source material, at least in uh, the first volume that I read, uh, pretty much scene by scene uh including a lot of the character reactions and dialogue it's it's all very similar the anime also captures the art style very accurately you know there's things that when i was watching the show i wasn't sure if that was a quirk or an artistic decision on the part of the anime studio or if it was something they just adapted directly from the comic like for example there's a, a scene when Kageyama is thinking about how, when he was in middle school, his teammates abandoned him in the middle of a match. They just turned their backs on him, and there was a literal crack in the ground of the court that they were playing on to symbolize Rift. And I thought that was pretty interesting to see in the show. Oh. When I read the manga, that was in the manga. So, so it, yeah, I'd say that the show pretty closely to the source material even down to those little details and and the way that draw the characters in the anime like even the shading is very reminiscent of his of Furudate's inking style oh cool so, didn't know yeah. that those were the things that I, I picked up from checking out the manga the anime is produced by production IG one of my favorite anime studios. They've done a ton of stuff. They were originally founded in 1987 as an offshoot of the venerable Tatsunoko Productions. They've been around for quite a while. At this point, they have a couple hundred employees and multiple studios. Actually, I think they call their the different studios within their company sections after a term that's used in Ghost in the Shell, which is one of their, their really famous... Uh, productions. But in terms of notable works, I'll just list uh, a bunch of them right here. And, and this is kind of reflective of my own taste in, in terms of like things that I've seen, or at least honestly. But they've worked on Pat Labor 2, the movie, which is probably my favorite anime ever. Hmm. Post in the Shell, the original movie. They co-produced The End of Evangelion with Gainax. Also did Jinro. Innocence, which is also known as Ghost in the Shell 2, The Skycrawlers. Uh, you know, those are some pretty big Mamoru Oshii works right there. also did A Letter to Momo, Giovanni's Island, and earlier this year, a film came out uh, called The Deer King, which I didn't get a chance to see while it was in theaters, but hopefully have a chance down the line. In terms of TV series, they did Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, as well as the associated movies, Arrietty, Guardian of the Spirit, Eden of the East, Bunny Drop, Psychopaths, Gargantia on the Verderous Planet, Blue Spring Ride. Those are some of the things that uh, jump out to me. Uh, they they've done so many different uh, series over the years. It's hard to I don't know exactly which. Group within Production IG worked on Haikyuu and did other things. But as a overall company, they definitely have a laundry list of classics there. Just a murderer's row of things that everybody should watch. Cool. Director of Haikyuu is Susumu Mitsunaka. Somebody I'm not familiar with. I looked up his credits, and even though he's got an extensive list of credits as an animator and... Did a lot of episode directing on shows that I have heard of, like Bunny Drop. It looks to me that his time as the overall series director for Haikyu was his first big break. Because uh, this was 2014 when the anime came out. And he directed at least the first 61 episodes, as well as a couple of the movies. Uh, and then after that, the his other credits are... Things that I haven't, I'm not too familiar with. Uh, there's something in 2018 called Layton Mystery Detective Agency, Cat's Mystery Solving Files. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I've never seen it either. And he also did two of the most recent Detective Conan movies, The Scarlet Bullet and The Bride of Halloween. Yeah. yeah uh, so is really is it Bunny looks drop? Uh, is Usagi drop?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, is. I've
2: watched that. That's a good one. Yeah, he did a couple episodes of that one. He wasn't the series director.
0: Oh, I see. I see.
2: Yeah. But the writer of the of anime Haikyuu is Taku Kishimoto. He's the head scriptwriter and uh, series composition. So some of his other works as head writer include the aforementioned Sagi Drop or Bunny Drop, Silver Spoon. Erased, Hanebado, which is another sports anime about badminton, the 2019 reboot of Fruits Basket, also wrote Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Ranking of Kings, Blue Lock, and that movie The Deer King. So those are some of the things that he's written. Are you guys familiar with any of the other series he worked on? Uh, I, I'm
1: familiar with Brutes Basket and Ranking of Kings because those are really good shows yeah mm-hmm.
0: I watched Ranking of Kings it's a great show
1: but I haven't heard of any of the other ones
0: uh I did mm-hmm. watch Erased that was really good and I even watched the Erased live action <laughs> 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 so I enjoyed both of <laughs> those live action anime <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: uh, okay. I think Blue Lock... Here, here's a question.
0: Huh? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I think Blue Lock is one I was looking at. It was interesting.
2: Uh, is, that, I, is that one about soccer, or is that... Am I thinking of something different? Uh,
0: I'm gonna just gonna look it up. I'm pretty sure that was the anime that... Oh, it is about soccer. Okay. I was thinking about something else. Yeah. I was thinking about another one. It was, Maybe it was called, like, Gen Lock. I don't know. But... Oh okay, yes. This is not. I have not heard of Blue Lock
2: actually. Based on the things that he's written that you guys have seen, I'm wondering if there are any common themes or ideas that are present in his other works that you noticed in Haiku as well.
1: Hmm. Let me think about that. Can't say that I, I sense a common theme because like the only ones I know are Fruits Basket and Ranking of Kings and ranking and kings is similar to haikyuu where it's about becoming the strongest and being like some like someone underestimating the protagonist and taking them lightly and then them proving everybody wrong but fruits basket is like a completely different story and it's more like psychological i think because mm. you're dealing with the zodiac the i think it's the, the chinese zodiac and then how like Being part of like being held hostage in this family has made them crazy. See, I see. Yeah,
0: Erased is definitely not similar to IQ.
2: I'll just leave it at that. It's definitely that manga and watch the anime. It's (laughs) it's a thriller. It's a thriller for
0: sure. Uh... I mean, you could talk about like slice of life
1: elements, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, like, I guess a common theme could be a obsession to a degree Like, because in Haiku, they're obsessed with becoming better, stronger in Fruits Basket they're obsessed with like being free and then in Ranking of Kings he's not really obsessed with anything he just wants to be the best
2: oh, okay, that's a good point because I, I think in Erased I would say the protagonist is obsessed with solving a series of murders that took mm. place In the past, and I could even say that in Bunny Drop, the protagonist is obsessed with becoming a better father. (laughs) It's a good
0: point. I didn't think about it like that, yeah, for sure.
2: In terms of some of the other creatives involved in the show, the music was composed by Yuki Hayashi and Asami Tachibana. So I looked up their credits, they both have quite a few to their name, but in terms of things that they've collaborated on together. Uh, they did Robotics Notes. They also did Gundam Build Fighters Try, and they worked on a few Pretty Cure series. Um, I haven't watched any of those, so I, I don't really know what the sound of their music in those shows sounds yeah. like compared to Haikyuu. But I, I did like their music in Haikyu. I think that added a pretty big element of excitement during the dramatic moments, as well as some pretty nice, peaceful during the quiet, you know, daily life sort of scenes. Yeah. I think the way they like, you know,
0: the uh, emotional swelling, uh they know how to pinpoint those that timing with the pace of the show. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I haven't heard of their other works. Maybe this is their big
2: break too. Could be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure this is well I guess pretty cure might be pretty big i don't really <laughs> I don't know, know anybody that watches it but that it's <laughs> yeah. a franchise so i that's true clearly there's there's somebody out there who uh really likes it but yeah haiku is if haiku feels like probably their biggest thing together yeah would guess
0: Haiku is definitely good if you just want to you know feel good be inspired the music is yeah I think the music is just really... They know how to create a sort of feeling.
2: Mm -hmm. The main character designer on Haikyuu is Takehiro Kishida, and some of his other credits as a character designer are Earth Maiden Arjuna, Across Zero, Uala Magi, Adoka Magica, and Serial Experiments Lane. The thing that stands out to me is how different all of those are. Like, yeah, I would have never guessed that the guy who did the character designs for Serial Experiments Lane was the same person who did Madoka Magica or Haiku. Like, there's nothing in those that screams this is a singular style. Yeah. So to me, it feels like he's really good at adapting other people's styles, especially the stuff that's based on a uh, manga or their work, um, pre-existing work he's just able to like capture them capture the inherent qualities that already exist so that the animators can have an easier time to uh, draw them out and you know simplify them and whatnot
0: yeah I mean they're all even the eyes they're all drawn differently the Mm -hmm. hair but that's
2: cool it's cool he did all those yeah those are the main creative people that uh stood out to me uh, obviously, anime requires a massive team effort, so not to diminish anybody else's contributions, especially the animation directors and and the animators and the uh, episode directors and whatnot but uh yeah, those are people that uh I just mentioned are the individuals that jumped out to me and whose work that uh felt like we had a couple things to say at least nice
0: thank you drew that was very thorough very good overview of the creative directors of haikyuu so we'll just talk a little bit about uh what what is our general overview uh or impression i would just say uh because drew you watched it for the first time season one mm-hmm. elliot and i have watched it multiple times um so, yeah, who wants to sort of start us off?
2: I have a question for you guys before we get too deep into that. But did you guys watch season one when it first came out? I was trying to think about
1: that. And I was like, I don't remember if I did.
2: I might have started Q when
1: it was on season two of airing. Because I remember having to wait for like season three and four to air. I was watching it as it aired, like simulcasted. Hmm. So I don't remember if I watched season one of Haikyuu, but I probably like saw a clip of season two and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. So I watched season one or like binged it. Mm, yeah.
0: I definitely was late to the bus because uh, basically Elliot and another friend, Calvin, told me about the show. I was skeptical about it. Like most people are skeptical about sports animates. Like I don't know anything about volleyball, but they said, you know, It's not about, I mean, it's about volleyball, but it's like, you don't have to like, (laughs) you don't have to like volleyball to love it. So, you know, I started around, I think it was like 2019, 2020, whenever the before pandemic hit, I think I started watching it and then I just, yeah, I got addicted and I watched all the seasons, like binged it over a couple of weeks. So yeah, I I was a little bit late to the train, definitely didn't watch the first few seasons like, I don't think I, I think season one and two, I did not watch it seasonally. Maybe the latest season, I watched it as it came out for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I was definitely later to the show. So I went in without having any like expectations. So that was nice.
2: Yeah. Elliot, yeah. you is one of your all time favorites,
1: right? Yes. I love this show. I even named my dog after it. So, if I get another another dog, it'll probably be another character from this show.
2: Kageyama. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if it's a
1: black Shiva, probably. Yeah, it'd be either Kageyama or uh, one of the twins, one of the Mia twins from season four.
2: Yeah. Let me ask you this, Elliot Did Haikyuu become your favorite as soon as you watched season one, or did you have to watch a few seasons before it? Grabbed your heart like that? I think it was after a few seasons that it grabbed my heart.
1: Uh, I was—I will say that I was hooked on it. Like you know how like there are some shows you're like hooked on and you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like that first season one, so that's why I kept watching. And then seasons, season two really like got to me where I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's like it's not just one team; it's all these teams and everyone, everyone that I see online has favorite characters and it's never like this like sure you can have people that have the same favorite character but it's like you might people that say they like haikyuu might have a different favorite character than you which is like interesting right because like Mm -hmm. in other shonins, you like you're like given three characters that that actually you deep dive into whereas like haikyuu it feels like you're introduced to all these characters and you kind of get to know them all and they're part of like they're all part of the same game part of the same board and like you're kind of rooting for the same those guys as well so it's kind of crazy
2: <laughs> yeah the cast of characters
1: yeah yeah all right oh drew for your
0: you're their first timer what did you think of the show season one at least
2: yeah i definitely enjoyed it quite a bit i think it's a show that I did wanna watch because I have heard good things about it and just from uh seeing some videos online uh, that did spoiler free uh discussions or introductions to the show made it sound like something that would entertain me. Here's the thing with with me, like I typically don't really gravitate towards shonen. In fact, uh traditional shonen stuff like I tend to stay away from it just because it, it doesn't really interest me generally speaking. But mm. I think with Haiku with the sports anime, it's a little different because I don't know what it is. There's just something about it where I can I'm more interested in watching the traditional shonen uh story arc play out if we're talking about sports rather than somebody trying to become the best fighter (laughs) or the best demon slayer or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get it. To me, yeah, it's more interesting to watch someone try to be a better volleyball player or a baseball player or a basketball player or whatever the case may be. I'm more willing to give that a chance than somebody trying to be the strongest one of all time or catch all the Pokemon or whatever.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, like... Watching it a second time, or even I don't remember how long, many times I watched it, but the first season, I definitely feel like the show is so relaxing. Uh, it knows what it's doing. Like, I think the best way I can describe it is, every episode makes sense. It matters to the story. You know how like typical shonen has sometimes like filler arcs or stuff that's out of place. This one, like, even during the comedic moments, just. High school is joking around. There's always like some underlying life lesson to learn. Uh it just feels like it really cares about the characters, really cares about volleyball, and they want to be as accurate and compelling as possible in the way they portray volleyball, the way they portray like you know, being a team, being an individual. Uh there's a lot of shonen elements though with the the mid-air shots of uh, it's like Hinata or any other volleyball player spiking?
2: Yeah, the time to like jump or you start yeah. screaming.
0: You're always wondering, like, I mean, obviously it's like a slow mo shot for purpose, but like, how long can this dude stay in the air and think
3: about yeah.
0: his next play? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think as a non-volleyball enthusiast, um, I don't, I don't know what's going on really. I'm like, uh, you know, we'll talk about it later, but I'm like the their advisors. Uh Takeda, I'm like that dude. I was like, I have no clue what's going on, but I can see the passion with the players and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think it's like it's a thoughtful story that's about high schoolers overcoming their differences, <laughs> uniting toward a common goal. It's so cliche, but it's so
2: powerful at the same time. Yeah, it's always about the execution, man, because I even if an idea on the surface on paper sounds like it's a cliche or something that you've seen, yeah, a million times, if the execution is done well, it, it doesn't really matter if it's a new idea or not. Mm. Yep,
0: so yeah, we like high <laughs> Q, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you brought up. Uh, how does this show sort of separate itself from other shonen?
2: I think one of the big elements is that it's far more grounded uh, not only because of the realistic setting but because the goal of not only the main character but the other characters as well as teammates I think it helps that you're doing something that doesn't seem completely ridiculous least to me i mean no no disrespect to people who love ninjas and demon hunters and whatnot (laughs) yeah but i i think i think that's an element that tends to disassociate me from those kind of stories whereas going into high school and uh trying to get better at a sport and have better uh interactions with teammates like that's the kind of thing that uh, I can latch on to pretty quickly, especially when it's done well. Uh, mm. As far as any other shonen elements, there there are things that I think Haikyuuu does that we see in a lot of other shonens. Like, there's a lot of melodramatic moments, especially uh, things. I'm thinking about something in, in the first episode, because at the end of that first episode, oh, after. Yeah. <laughs> After Shoyo loses the match to Kageyama's team, when they're leaving the arena, he sees they see each other while they're walking home or walk exiting the place, and Shoyo exchanges some words with him, you know, and he basically says, I'm coming after you, I'm gonna get better and defeat you. Like that to me feels like a super cartoon sort of thing to do, a very shonen kind of thing to do. Oh yeah. It's like challenging and calling mm. out your rival. Uh, I guess I'm just able to overlook those elements because the other stuff in Haikyuu is well done to the point where i can I can forgive the things that I don't necessarily uh, feel too enthusiastic about. <laughs> should Should I read the
0: exact quote? I think I wrote it down. You actually wrote it down. Yes, uh, yeah. Hinata says, "If you're the king that rules the court, I'll have to defeat you, and I'll be the last one standing." And this is all English translated. Kageyama's like, "The last one standing are the victors. Only the strongest. If you want to be the last one standing, become strong." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely wrote that down because that was like, yeah, that was like the cheesiest moment of the whole show.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and Hinata's got his. He's, he's crying and, or like, yeah. he's so mad that his tears are coming out, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you guys ever been so mad at somebody that you just started crying? Have you ever hated somebody <laughs> so much you just started crying? <laughs> I don't think I have. I don't think so, but. Oh, man. You guys need to learn what true hate is. <laughs> true hatred. Uh,
0: I think true hatred is me watching Grimgar. <laughs> Ashes. Anyways, we'll get to that's a tangent. Uh, yeah, I think like the whole that whole scene like setting the tone of their relationship, their volleyball career. Oh yeah. By the way, listeners, we're gonna be diving deep into spoilers now. We've kind of passed the point of no return. Just a fair warning to anyone who hasn't watched. Hike go watch Hike especially season one. Alright. Yeah, Elliot, what do you think about uh do you think anything about like what it separates itself from other shonen you watch, especially like the battle ones that were popular?
1: I think the most obvious thing is that it is realistic. It's there's like no superpowers, no special abilities. Yeah. Besides a kid that's like really short that can jump really high. But I mean that that could happen in real life if like that mm. kid practiced which i think Shoyo did practice jumping yeah that's why he jumps so high but he's also just speedy and then i think it separates itself because the battles aren't really battles they're the matches and then like yeah. you're you're so excited mm. to see the battles and the drawn out like rallies that they have versus like oh it's like I'm better because I trained my swordsmanship or something. It's like, Oh, well you're, you're all playing the same game and you're all keeping the ball in the air. That's the whole thing. Yeah.
3: Hmm.
0: I will better. say I have, I have watched a, uh, a sports anime that has superpowers called Kuroko's basketball. Yeah, I'm not plugging it. It's, it's yeah. So basically every person on the basketball team has like some quirk or ability they're like literally called like a cer like geniuses with like special talents. Um uh, but yeah, that one is more like they're li- they're not like, you know, super n- human, they're, but they like their abilities are like ridiculous. Like one guy can consistently shoot half court shots. Uh, <laughs> another dude can literally copy any like play that you make just by looking at you once. So yeah.
2: So are these actual powers, or is it just one of those things where we treat them as exceptionally gifted or talented?
0: Yeah, the latter. Exceptionally gifted, talented. They have, like, special names for each other. Uh, It's, like, so ridiculous where the geniuses were on one team before, and they they always score, like, 100 to 20 or something. Uh, Yeah. So I think, yeah, Haikyuu, my point is, is a lot more grounded in reality. And they struggle, man. We'll we'll talk about that later. The Karasuna High School struggles a lot.
2: I think the grounded aspect of Haikyuu isn't limited to merely the volleyball aspect, but yeah. I even think that the character relationships feel more believable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because... The dynamic between teammates where you have a team of teenagers and not everybody necessarily likes each other they're not all friends they're just teammates and seeing that play out it feels realistic you know because uh, anybody who's been in any kind of group setting whether it's a sports team or any other kind of team in high school not everybody's going to like each other. Everybody's got some kind of issue or ego or whatever. Some people are just jerks, but you still somehow find a way to at least cooperate when you need to. I think that's a pretty interesting element of Haiku. Yep.
0: All right. That's a that's a good like breakdown of Haiku and what are the the real strengths of it versus other shonen. Uh we'll just get to the nitty-gritty, you know. We won't there's too many episodes, there's 25 episodes. We won't talk about each one specifically, but we'll just talk about sort of some of the themes and sort of some of the journeys that these characters go on and what's introduced. Uh, so yeah, starting off with Hinata, that's our main protagonist. I mean, he is the show's focus, at least his, his life, his journey, his career. Uh, so he uh, he starts off as this like scrawny little short kid... I think they tell the I don't know I don't know metric system. It's like I think he's like one sixty centimeters or something. Really short for a dude. Uh, he he sees this like uh, this TV commercial or something, or it's it's not commercial. It's like a of a, a match. A match. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one of the one of the uh, his heroes is from Karasuna. That's why he wants to go to the high school. His name is the Little Giant. This is, like, and then they're in the present. This is, like, five or six years ago or something when he's in junior high. And, like, he's, like, oh, yeah, I want to be just like that guy because that guy is really, you know, essentially short, but he's able to, like, be a spiker to hit the ball over the net past blockers that are, like, much taller than him. So that kind of, like, inspires his, like, journey. Um, And so then we get, like, the first episode is essentially – Hinata is begging his classmates in junior high to to help go to a match with him because he doesn't have an official team because they don't have enough members to, to actually make a volleyball club. So they go, and then, they, you know, long story short, they lose terribly. Uh, and then Kageyama's on the opposite team. This is Kageyama in junior high. And there's, like, a few moments where... Hinata like shows his like raw skill, raw talent, and ability, but he's just not. He doesn't have any experience in an actual match. He doesn't even have teammates that know how to play volleyball. I think he yeah. like recruited like people from the basketball team or just people like he knows. He has to play like with the girls' team all the time. Uh, but yeah, basically, this is the launch of of Hinata's journey. Do you guys have anything to add about? the kind of start of the show.
1: No, I think that sums it up pretty nicely. You know, there's not much that's going on. You just kind of see this kid that has an aspiration to play volleyball because he saw it on TV. Yeah. And that's what he starts doing.
3: Yeah.
2: I do think the first episode has a pretty good cliffhanger. It ends with him starting his first day at high school and going to the volleyball or the volleyball court and he discovers that kagayama is at his school yeah, yeah. and like uh yeah that's a...
1: that he would beat him
2: exactly so that that's a good hook that i thought that was a really good hook yeah for sure like kagayama
0: i mean even from the beginning we can sort of tell this guy's a genius in whatever sense of the word athletic genius is like this guy knows what he's doing. He's exceptionally skilled. Uh, we'll talk about the nickname that you know his team gives him, King of the Court. But basically, Kageyama is like the opposite of Hinata. He has experience, and he has talent, and he has skill. But it's interesting that even from the, I noticed rewatching it that Kageyama doesn't really. I mean, he condescends Hinata, but in a way that there is a sense of respect. Because Kageyama is the first one to notice, like, oh, Hinata, this dude has, like, raw skill. The way he, like, jumped after uh, the toss and, like, tried to spike it in, like, a split second. Uh, So Hinata's probably never met anyone who's, like, matched, or Kageyama, maybe, has never met anyone who's matched the passion that he's had for the sport. Because, like, I think Mm -hmm. a big thing for Kageyama in the beginning is, like, oh, my teammates don't they don't cover their weaknesses they don't they don't try to ascend to my tosses of course like you know he has to learn like as a setter the person who makes the plays he has to kind of cater to his teammates as well but it's like i think Hinata is like the first person who like challenges kagayama and makes him like rise to the level that he wants to be at
3: Mm -hmm. Mm Hmm.
0: yeah I wrote a lot more, but <laughs> I think like just basically they're they're good rivals as well as I eventually yeah the irony is they have to become teammates.
1: Yep, they help each other. They're gonna help each other grow.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of uh, it's it's it is typical of shonen though. I can name Black Clover, My Hero Academia, Fire Force. A lot of these shows they just kind of use that as a device. Yeah, Uh, Naruto. Yeah, Naruto. But yeah, I mean, it works. It works. Goku
2: and Vegeta. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, like you said, Drew, execution is what matters. And I think they do Mm -hmm. it in a way where I'm actually never annoyed by Kageyama. Because I feel like inside from what he says and how he acts, at least in high school, I think his junior high self is like separate. But like at least in high school, I think it seems like he realizes like his mistakes. And he's like trying to work on it. He respects his seniors. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh.
0: Yeah, so yeah, they basically have a tryout. And we'll talk about the tryout. So essentially, in the beginning, you know, like good rivals, they don't get along. Kageyama and Hanada are like polar opposites. Kageyama wants to get into the volleyball team. And basically, he I think he says, like, I, I could just do the, I could be the setter, the spiker, the receiver all at the same time. And then Hinata's like, no, I want to play. <laughs> so I'm a little kid, and I never played volleyball before because I never had a team. And so, yeah. like, uh, I think there's, like, some, there was, like, this, uh, it was, like, an amusing event where they hit, like, the vice principal or the principal, like, and his wig fell off or something. That was the trial. Oh yeah, yeah, and they got and they got in trouble. So basically, Daichi, the captain of current Karasuda's high school team, uh, he gives them a condition like you have to work together or you can't join the team. Or what is it like? Kageyama will never play setter or something. So then, uh, they basically have to like do a tryout match, like
1: three well, on. They, three. I did, yeah, because I think they're like competing with each other. They. Yeah. Do, they, like, hit the vice principal, and then they kick him out of the volleyball club. And then yeah. They, have, they challenge them to uh to face them, like, a 3v3. And then it turns out that they put them on the same team, and they get to face two other freshmen that are coming in to uh, join the team. Because that's their actual tryout is when they do the 3v3. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. So,
0: it's funny. Yeah. I mean, they basically go through, like, mini trading arc where I feel like some of the other guys on Karasudo are introduced. We got Tanaka. He's like the (laughs) punk. We got Sugawara. He's a really good older brother. And then we got like, you know, Daichi is kind of impartial. Pretty much they have to that's like when the show really introduces like uh, Kageyama and Hinata's combo attack. That they use to like win their tryout.
3: Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, and then we get, you know, we get like the other guys that joined. Tsukishima K. Uh, He's like their tallest member. The way I describe him, he's like aloof. But he does want to improve. He just despises Kageyama. Because he despises essentially people who like make it seemingly effortless to have like skill. And he doesn't. He he he
1: makes fun of him for his
0: like title, King of the Court. Yeah, he's a
1: very sarcastic character. I mean, yeah. you don't really learn more about his backstory until like season two. Yeah, so we'll just leave and it. You at learn that. more about why he is the way he is. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: yeah.
1: Uh, Drew any
0: anything, yeah, to add?
2: I, I think uh, just watching season one, only, with only the information I have in season mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah, that tall glasses dude, he definitely comes across as the jerk of the team. Yeah. Where he's, he doesn't care. It seems like he doesn't care about the game, and he doesn't like it when other people care more than him. You yeah. know? And, and that's, what, that's why everybody around him just gets on his nerves, and he's making all these sarcastic comments to people and uh, you know, just looking down or thumbing his nose down on other yeah. people. Hmm.
1: and then there's yamaguchi oh yeah
2: yamaguchi will come and
1: play
0: later seasons but he's kind of like you know he's
1: he's he's the more useless
0: (laughs) he's 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 sukashiva's buddy you know he's he's like his echoing chamber his echo chamber yeah
2: (laughs) yeah echo chamber sidekick (laughs) kind of guy that's yeah he's he's like the flava flave to chuck d
1: you know <laughs> I'd say he's useless but he's not useless later but yeah on, so.
2: actually
0: this season <laughs> so that's not a spoiler for next season but like this season he does he makes the effort of going out of his way to learn how to be a uh what's it called jump floater learn that special pinch serve. serve pinch server mm-hmm. yeah so he, he's trying he i think he sees like his you know hanata kageyama tsukishima essentially they're starters now uh in the team so he wants to be able to play too he wants to be useful <laughs>
3: yeah
0: but yeah. You,
1: yeah you learn you see all these characters at the tryouts you're going to learn more about them as the series progresses yeah for
0: sure this series is like a slow onion unraveling
1: its layers yeah <laughs> also, that was one of those things world building
2: <laughs> yeah so yeah, I was I was going to say one of the things that I noticed about the series is that it it really does take its time in mm. introducing everybody and setting up the stakes and the context of everything because you watch so many like you could get to like episode 8 and it feels like only a few weeks have passed, you know? Like you watched this entire first season and pretty sure only a couple months have passed in the story whereas I've seen other anime that take place in high school settings and sometimes those shows will go through like eight episodes and they'll complete an entire school year and then they start their second school year in episode nine or something so to see that the show takes uh, takes its time to just luxuriate in a slow pace and Uh, you know decompressing events It's, it's interesting man to see them do full episodes like multiple episodes spent on a single match that's i think there's a part of me that didn't necessarily feel too excited by that but i think after watching the first season i was i was pretty okay with it overall like looking back um it didn't really feel like episode long action scenes or volleyball matches it didn't feel like those were a waste of time or anything like there was still value to be gained from making them as long as they did Mm -hmm. Mm,
0: yeah let's talk a little bit about like where is karasudo right now as a volleyball team the show kind of spends a little bit of time talking about daichi mentions it he, he's the captain. He's been there a while. He's a third year. He says, you know, Karasuna used to be really strong. We used to be one of the top teams that went to nationals. But now... It, I think the show even describes, like, fallen crows. Now we can talk about crows. <laughs> yeah,
3: like, like crow. flightless birds.
0: Yeah. yeah, flightless birds. So there's, like, the stigma. Like, oh, yeah, Karasuna used to be great. But now it's, like, kind of mid...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think they're not even mid to most people because, uh, like, they're, yeah. I think they're washed. Like, that's yeah. how most people would consider them. That's how they look at them until they start showing up to these matches and showing, like, making people eat their words and be like, oh, it's Karasuna. And then I think right now in this journey, like, it's like the only really the three people that were there when Karasuna was better was when. Or uh, like the three seniors, because that's they were experiencing the end of the that last era of when the little giant was in that powerhouse team, and now they're not good anymore. So people don't acknowledge them because mm. they can't even win matches.
2: So did the three current seniors on the team? Were they first years when the little giant was a senior?
1: I don't. Remember, yeah, or, or they might have been. Um, because it's kind of hard to tell with the timeline to see if like they they either joined after the little giant left or when he was still there. Because, like for a while, after I think the little giant was there, there was still a time where they were still a good powerhouse school or considered one. But then after the coach re- retired, I think that's when they like kind of fell from oh, yeah. the spotlight. Mm because the coach for the volleyball team now is the grandson of the coach that brought the team to nationals with the little giant.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> oh, yeah. Sorry. And then uh, we, had the, we had to get the, there's like a new advisor, Takeda, who I relate to. He's like this clueless teacher dude who doesn't know anything about volleyball. I can't be a real coach, but he like begs uh, the grandson to come back. So that was a fun scene too. But yeah, basically, I think for like the past like year or two, I don't even think they even had a coach. So like that's kind of the state they're in. Hmm. Uh, I think Daichi at one point had to step in. I, that might be a, you know, there might be some stuff later in the seasons. But yeah, I think the essentially they're they're not in a good place. So like they have to like piece together their new team of Karasuno and reform reclaim the former glory that they had and create a new identity. Uh, Yeah. I think like, uh, there's like this idea of like, uh, you know, the fallen crow flightless crow needs to learn to fly again. And that, that imagery is throughout the first season for sure. Yeah. It
2: makes sense. It's their mascot. Yeah. Um so
0: yeah, I mean we see that Hinata and Kageyama are over, able to overcome their differences and win their match and they finally get admitted to the high school volleyball club. Uh so their first big hurdle is their practice match against Alba Josai. So let's talk about that. Like what did you guys think about their like first practice match.
2: Go well, ahead,
1: Elliot. <laughs> I think it helped gauge them where they were, like in terms of like skill and like coordination as a team. And it surprised Josai because they weren't expecting like the team to be any good at all. And but then they also were surprised, I think, to see Kagayama on Karasuno because most of Josai's team, like the new freshmen on that team, came from the same middle school that. He went to, so he recognizes all of them, and even his senior, he knows that his senior is on that opposite team too. It was the senior that he looked up to the entire time? Yep,
0: I think there's like the that interaction between his old teammate and him, like, oh, you, you know, his old teammate notices, oh, you've changed, you know, you started saying we instead of I, you started like treating your teammates like a team. Any thoughts, Drew?
2: I think one of the, if I remember correctly, the match, one of the match conditions was that the other school wanted Kageyama to be on the court the entire time, which was a kind of a strange decision. Yeah. But I guess it's because his former teammates from middle school are on that other team. So when they play each other, it's sort of his former middle school teammates' chance to kind of put one over him and, you know, their chance to get revenge on him because it seems they didn't really, you know, they didn't enjoy him as a person or as a teammate. They just want to beat him now. But I think another thing about the these couple of episodes where they have their match uh, another thing that kind of stands out is the the backstory that we get from Kageyama. Like, there's that one guy on the other team, the turnip head, oh, yeah, who doesn't like him, like the Kindaichi or something. Yeah, I, f- I forget his name, but I think they call him a turnip head or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's those details that kind of flesh out the world of Q and also flesh oh. out the character of Kageyama because you do see the difference between how he was in middle school and how he is just a few weeks or a couple months into high school where now he actually has more trust in his teammates, uh, specifically with Hinata being quick enough to catch his serves. So now it's, it's like... That dynamic we were talking about earlier where these two rivals have the ability to bring out the best in each other which we see in in various other shonen's but i i think it works here better than in a lot of other things because the way that they improve each other isn't just by you know sparring with each other all the time and beating each other up and becoming stronger that way but it's actually because they learn to trust each other and they learn to play alongside each other. They're both doing uh, somewhat different things on the volleyball court. like one guy's essentially giving the other guy an assist every time. So yeah, it's not like a competitive drive that necessarily it's not a competitive drive against each other that drives them to be better, but it's a competitive drive to play better as teammates that makes them become better. I think that's more interesting than something like Dragon Ball where they just fight each other all the time and get stronger that way. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. You got a good point about uh
0: just Kageyama has to grow beyond his what he thinks is his his way of playing volleyball. And of mm-hmm. course, they his teammates, his previous teammates They were the ones who started calling him king of the court. So there's this, like, idea, this stigma that he has to get over of, you know, he's egotistical, dictatorial. uh, He, you know, barks commands. And now he has to realize, like, well, essentially in junior high, I think you talked about, like, that scene where he tossed the ball and then nobody responded and it's like that, that that like silence as the ball hits the ground. It's probably like his breaking point. Um, mm-hmm. So he's kind of like recovering from the trauma of that that idea that nobody wants to follow him anymore. Because he, yeah, in in a sense, he didn't, he did, he did not respect his teammates in junior high. But with Karasuno, he needs to learn that all his teammates are valuable. Uh, especially Hinata, who he has to... He's forming this, like... I think they call it, like, a freak quick. Like, this quick quick attack. Basically, the spike of, that's, like... You can't see it coming. It happens in, like, a split second. And essentially, Kageyama is, like... He's, like, tossing the ball so fast to reach, like, the high point of Hinata that Hinata has to, like... Close his eyes and hit purely out of trust and instinct, so that's that's kind of um what's happening here too is like they're developing this technique, and Kagayama has to change like everything about his own play style to sort of match that
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's not just, yeah, it's not just throwing fireballs and beating up the next bad guy. <laughs>
2: in a lot of ways and i couldn't stop faking this especially early on in the show hinata really reminded me of goku from dragon ball <laughs> <laughs> it's because of, like they're both kind of these buffoonish single-minded earnest protagonists yeah like in a way hinata feels like the stereotypical shonen protagonist where he is kind of a doofus like he's not Super clever. He just has this single minded devoted devotion to do one thing, which in this case is to be a great volleyball player. And yeah, I, I think that probably uh, makes him less interesting as a character for me. Like, I don't mind him or anything, but yeah, uh, I think if I'm thinking about. Characters that I enjoy in the show—it's—it's it's probably not the main character. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think uh, Hinata's cool, and I love his devotion to volleyball and his like pra- his work ethic and practicing. But yeah, yeah, he's pretty dumb a lot of the times, <laughs> uh, and it's like he has to like develop his skill because he like knows nothing. He pretty much knows nothing about volleyball. Spent most of his middle school playing by himself, so yeah, he definitely lacks experience, unlike Kagayama and the rest of the team. Uh, La, any any more thoughts to add to this first matchup?
1: Uh, I thought it was like a good one to like get kind of like wet your taste for the series because like, like you've been seeing like all these matches that are kind of scuffed, but now you're finally getting to see your like a real kind of match. Yeah.
3: Hmm.
0: And I—I think yeah, that's a good point. I, they didn't even. Well, they had they—they they introduced Oikawa, who becomes their main nemesis later. Uh, they call him the Great King. I think that's what they Hinata keeps saying. So essentially, he was like the senior when Kageyama was learning volleyball in junior high. He's actually kind of the one that Kageyama learns from. Uh, you'll see it later episodes. He's like 20 something. They like there's like this episode called uh Toru Oikawa is not a genius or something. They like go they go deeper into that, but basically Oikawa is like this like self-made like super studious dude who hones his skills after like countless hours of he watches like recordings, he practices really hard, but he doesn't consider himself a genius. So he's like kind of like He kind of resents Kageyama for having such raw talent, and even wanting to learn from him. He feels like he's like, just he doesn't have that potential as good as him. But I think we only see like he only participates in the third set or like the last part of the match. He shows up late. Uh, Yeah. So, I think like this kind of. Not only does it set the stage for a rematch, it kind of gives the Karasuno this false sense of security. But, I mean, I think it was good for Karasuno to win this practice match because it, it helps lift their spirits, it gives them optimism. Because mm-hmm. if they lost, I mean, they'd be, like, totally destroyed. I mean, like, in terms of confidence. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it's a good match for sure. Uh, And then we kind of move on to, uh, well, there's some important players that are still missing from the team at this point. So let's talk about Nishinoya and Asahi. They're kind of like clumped together because they kind of have a conflict that's a big part of, that needs to be resolved this season. So yeah, who wants to start us on talking about Nishinoya and Asahi.
2: Nishinoya, he looks like a stereotypical shonen battle character. He <laughs> looks like a guy from Hunter Hunter.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, spiky hair. Yeah. Big eyes.
2: Yeah. But I mean, despite the way he looks, he's he's probably one of the characters I like the most in the show so far. I enjoy his contributions to the story as well as. His on-court contributions as a player. Yep,
0: yeah, same. I mean, he's got... Uh, Well, if, uh, if listeners don't know, he is the libero. Libero? I don't know how to pronounce it. But basically, he is a role in volleyball that is solely committed to defense. I think the way they describe it, he can't spike or serve. He can only make defensive plays. He can only receive and keep the ball in the air. And he rotates out whenever they're on offense. So, yeah, Nishinoya is a big part of... Uh, they call him the guardian deity of Karasuno. So he's the second year. He's a big part of what they want. Well, he, they want him to be a big part of what's going to make their team strong. Uh, and essentially, they introduce like this conflict... Between him and Asahi. Asahi is uh, formally. Oh well I mean. Currently they're ace. But basically. After a certain match against one of the teams they face. uh, Asahi loses his will. To play volleyball. And then he like. Goes on hiatus for. Like a month or something. So yeah. I think like there's a big conflict there. There's like this idea that. I think in a sense like. Asahi and Nishinoya, they both feel responsible for that loss, Uh, that specific loss against Date Tech. I think they both feel like the pressure. Ellie, any thoughts on uh, Asahi and Nishinoya?
1: I think Nishinoya is like really rambunctious and really wild, and but then there's also like Asahi's like who's very unsure of himself, but like he is known as the ace of the team. So he's like one of the anchors for the team. And so it's like cool to see them come back. Yeah. I think Nishinoya comes back because he got suspended.
0: Yeah. I think it was like he knocked over something or he knocked into the principal again. (laughs) Yeah. But, But yeah, let's take a, we can take some time to talk about like, I think the big theme in this series of episodes is like, how much should you put, on your own shoulders individual versus how much should you rely and trust in your team cuz in sports especially volleyball there's like there's this idea of both individual skill but also you have to rely on your team drew any thoughts on that yeah
2: i think asahi's story is probably one of the story arcs stood out the most to me in this entire season. I like the way that they did the story with the character who essentially was struggling with uh, not exactly PTSD, but, you know, there's this trauma in his volleyball past that makes him afraid to step back on the court. So taking the time to delve into his psyche and his mentality watching him get back into form. That's a pretty good story. It, I think I just enjoy stories about people who are just down and out and are ready to give up, but somehow they get pulled back into it and find that they can still do that thing they used to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Basically, Asahi blames himself for that loss against Date Tech. Essentially, pretty much all his spikes were blocked the whole game. And so he feels like he let his team down, and they couldn't trust him anymore to be the ace. This idea of, like, I'm the ace, and I need to make all the points, and I need to be the one carrying the team. Yeah, so yeah, it's a pretty compelling story, and I think they do it in a really good way. Like, they frame it like, oh, Asahi just doesn't like volleyball anymore because of how brutally that match went and kind of the pressure he put on himself to be that person. And I think it's interesting, like, Nishinoya's perspective is like, I'm not angry at you because you failed to make you know, score points. I'm angry because you gave up, essentially. Like, I think he says, like, the last play. He's like, why didn't you call for that toss? Like, you were in position to get that toss. And Nishinoya's, mm-hmm. like, not blaming Asahi at all. He's just trying to, like, get better. So he learns how to, like, follow up after he, he receives. So I think there's an interesting, like, interplay between them where Nishinoya's not trying to make Asahi, you know, the best player on their team, but he's trying to, like, understand and shoulder that responsibility and pressure and trying to, like, get Asahi to feel that confidence again. So I think that was really well done. I like that. Yeah. Like, there was bromance, their relationship.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. No, when I first watched the show and watch the opening intro, they would show all the characters, even the ones that hadn't been introduced in the episode yet. And then I would always get uh I would always get Asahi and the head coach confused oh, with each yeah. other because they, they both look like older guys with yeah. little uh unshaven looks. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's like part of the funny joke, right? They always yeah. call them old man.
2: Yeah. yeah
0: that's funny. The man button. Colored hair. Can't
2: say I'm a fan of the man bun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, they definitely have characters that everyone has their favorite because they're pretty. They're pretty recognizable. Like the way they animate, their distinct traits and their hair and their personalities, and it's kind yeah, of
2: yeah. All awesome. of the character designs are very distinct. Yeah.
0: All right, let's talk about uh well they did a training arc they have a little camp right they're trying to be better because basically i think the coach breaks it down like you know you guys are good at offense but your defense is full of holes so then they do the little training arc and then they you know they have like their kind of like a, a rematch with well not a rematch but like karasuna is facing nekoma again one of their longtime rivals Uh, Because in the past, they talk about, like, oh, yeah, we used to have practice matches with them, but we never made it to nationals together. They never both were on the same stage together. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's talk about uh, (laughs) the battle of the garbage dump. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They always use that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Neko's the cat, Karasuna's the crow. Yeah. Uh yeah, we 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 meet Kenma who becomes like a rival friend to Hinata.
1: Yeah, it's like his rival and best friend.
3: Yeah. Uh what do you guys I think, think about crazy. their
1: match?
0: Their match is pretty cool.
3: I think it's
1: good because like you see like these new characters who are pushing Karasuna to become a better team overall, and then also like you're giving new favorite people to like also like enjoy as like the series goes on. So she, uh, I just think the dynamic that Shoyo has with him. Cause yeah. like, he's just super friendly with Kenma and like, you just see their interactions and their friendship. Yeah. How Kenma doesn't really seem to want to play volleyball.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: Kuro senpai. He's like, One of my top three in haiku. I like him a lot. I think I just like tall guys throughout the series. It's like these tall dudes who are like cocky and like super crafty. I just like all the tall guys. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I mean, I like Nishinoya. He's short, but like the big personality guy. Yeah, Kuro is like definitely one of the... We see more of him later, but yeah, he's like one of the craftiest... He's got, like, hidden skill as a blocker. But, yeah, Nekomo, I think their style is, like, defensive, but they also analyze the court. Like, they introduce Kenma as, like, this dude who seemingly doesn't care, but, like, in his mind, he's always thinking about tactics, like a chess match. He's always thinking about how to improve his volleyball play to match his team. So it's kind of interesting I think, uh, I think they describe it like the, the coach, he says, I think Nekoma's coach says, Karasuna needs to grow as a team rather than a group of individuals with individual skill. And like Nekoma's kind of mastered that. They have more experience as being a team. Drew, mm-hmm. any thoughts on this, in, in this matchup?
2: Well, first of all, I think I'm a sucker for the training camp arc when it comes <laughs> to any kind of high school type of show.
0: Yeah.
2: So seeing seeing it in Haiku, uh, you know, you get this chance to watch the characters bond with each other and then when they play their practice match, uh there there was something that I did kind of question during the mm. match. I forget the exact episode, but there's a moment when the other team when Nekoma figures out that if they can shut down Hinata, then they can kind of control uh, Karasuno. But I think there's a moment when Hinata realizes that he can change his spiking style uh, while he's in midair. Oh so yeah. So now he's got like this new dimension to his to his his trademark move. There's a part of me that questions whether. It's possible for somebody to just, uh, you know, master a new technique in the middle of a match. Like, it it feels like, I mean, I don't play volleyball. Yeah. It still feels like something that you need to do some repetitions with and practice before you can really get it to work.
3: Mm-hmm. But it,
2: it certainly makes the show pretty dramatic. And, you know, I understand it's there to make it exciting. Uh, yeah, o- overall, I I do think that the way that the show portrays volleyball is enticing enough where even for someone who doesn't really follow volleyball, or, I mean, I don't even... I've never even really played volleyball outside of, like, PE class or whatever. Uh, that's not my sport, but uh, I can still enjoy it and appreciate it just from at least watching the show. They, they never really uh, leave you in the dark as to what's going on. Like there's just enough explanation so that you're not stumbling around wondering what's going on. Yeah. I think it was around this episode when I started to really notice their stylistic choice of making the net a see-through net. Oh yeah. Character talks. Yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's really noticeable. It's really funny.
2: Yeah. It's a good idea, though. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's if it makes it easier or harder to animate that. <laughs> but uh, it just it just stands out and it yeah. makes sense that you want to see people's faces. So, it's yeah. it's, it's I cool like stylistically. Yeah. yeah. Also
0: wonder in volleyball, like actually playing, how much does the other team overhear here you're strategizing if you're whispering to each other on the other side of the net?
2: It's like I don't know actually.
0: <laughs> Can they hear each other?
1: Well,
2: in this match there wasn't really a crowd, so yeah. they should have been able to hear. Yeah. It
3: was
0: like I mean, there are po- there are moments where like Kageyama's like I'm going to toss to him or <laughs> or versa. Vice- <laughs> so I mean, there is that like back and forth.
1: Yeah, cuz like they're, they're, I think basically right now they're going to have call outs for who wants to spike and that's just yeah. part of it. That's also also could be a bluff too. At the same time, if they call for it, it's true. So, mm-hmm. I, and it's just a training camp. It's just a training match for these guys. It's not like you're going to play this for reals for like competitive. Like, there's nothing at stake right now. It's just practice to help both teams improve.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. It's funny that if anything one of. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was
0: just going to say, it's funny that how much Hanada wants to keep playing, I think they do like three
2: matches, and he's like,
0: keep one more, keep going.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. That's, a, that's definitely a Goku thing. Yeah. What are you going to say, Drew? I was going to say that one of the other artistic choices that they make in the show that stands out, and I don't think i like it but i don't also don't think i hate it. it it just is and i it's just something i accept as part of watching the show but the way that they extend time sometimes is is pretty ridiculous because the ball will be in the air and then you'll have these characters monologuing or even having a conversation and then we get like a five or ten minute flashback and then you know the ball is still in the air <laughs> yeah
1: like oh yeah
2: yeah I think that's just the style of the show. So I had yeah. to get used to it. But when I was first watching, it was one of the things that made me scratch my head. Like, how can they have these conversations and talk about strategy or decide what to where to go while the ball is in the air? Because volleyball is just too fast for that kind of stuff. You can't really yeah. say a whole sentence. Yeah, They do somehow.
0: And it's like usually this like random third party. It's like, oh, it's like friends of the coach or it's like, Another team that's not even playing them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just a,
1: it's that little suspension of disbelief. Or yeah, like, yeah. Like, We're yeah, gonna exactly. pause right here, and we're gonna go over this real quick with you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that could be like a sports anime thing too.
1: Yeah, because like even uh that even happens in season four, and like that's probably one of the greatest moments of season four. Where like that that volleyball is just floating. And, yeah. <laughs> and they're all just thinking to themselves for a minute and you're like, What the Yeah.
2: <laughs> like in this really intense rally. There.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess you could say that's part of the shonen element
2: too.
1: If you I will yeah. say if you continue to season two, I think season two will probably be one of your favorite training arcs.
2: Okay, okay, yeah. Mm. I'm I'm definitely gonna watch season two.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can vouch it's it's really good. Because you go to where Nekuma is from and go to Tokyo.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Sh- what is it called? Shit, shit, shitty boy? <laughs> I can't believe I said that. I might have to edit that uh, out. <laughs> shitty boy? No, leave it in. No edits. <laughs> shitty boy? Leave that in. <laughs> that joke is so funny. I don't know. I just thought about it. Tanaka. Yeah. Oh,
1: God. It's because they're all oh, yeah. country bumpkins, right? Oh, yeah. There's this like clone from Nekuma that looks exactly yeah,
0: yeah. like Tanaka.
1: And then all the guys from the Karasuno are just basically saying, Is that Tokyo Tower? Or is it just like a regular radio radio tower? Yes. Yeah,
0: That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I like Nekoma a lot. It's probably my, one of my favorite teams they face.
2: I forget. Did they ever say what city Karasuno is in? Or like Ooh, where I, they are in Japan? I think I just watched the episode yesterday. I think it's like.
0: Is it called Torino? Like, Grand Torino? Like, T-O-R-I-N-O? I'd have to look up the wiki, but yeah.
2: Well, wherever they are, anytime we get scenes of the city or exterior shots of where they live, I always enjoy those. It's it's pretty cool. Like, the scenery. Like, when we get those scenes of it's, uh, biking to school, that's always good-looking. And it's the kind of thing that makes me want to Visit those kind of areas if I ever were to go to Japan,
3: hmm.
1: I believe they are from the Miyagi prefecture. ah Let's see
2: see I'm gonna do some Google image searching
0: yep it's definitely a
1: country bumpkins a... it's about it's about like a six hour drive or five hours and like twenty minutes.
2: <laughs> see I see
1: yeah, I mean,
0: Hinata has to do that bike ride over the mountain every day. It's a country bumpkin. All right. Uh, do you guys want to talk about sort of that preliminary match that uh, that they have with Daichi and his old teammate? Or do you want to just talk about Date Tech?
2: I think about that match with Daichi's former teammate, that was pretty good just because it gave us a little backstory on Daichi. Yeah. He, he is one of the other characters that I kind of latched onto. So mm, Yeah to uh get to give him a little love in terms of story focus. I enjoyed that. And you you really get to see uh how committed he is to volleyball and his his uh efforts that he's always put into the sport and how that that uh not only the effort but the natural leadership that he exudes even when he was in middle school, that's something that left an impact on his former teammate. Yep. Uh,
0: I think I wrote down his quote. Well, basically he says to them, he says it to them in, in middle school, his, his former teammates. He says, we'll never win if we don't believe we can. And he's like the one that's like crying when they lose. He's really the one that I think really, really loves volleyball and doesn't want to give up i think he like acknowledges like he doesn't have so much individual skill and talent on his own but he needs to like fortify his defensive capabilities and help his team succeed as a whole so yeah Mm -hmm. that was that was a cool backstory and then his relationship with the captain of the woman the girls team that was cool too
2: yeah yeah it's interesting to see that the show spent a little bit of time with the girls team the Karasuna girls team yeah but doesn't really do a whole ton with them other than like showing us that they lost the match and uh some of them you know they just kind of regret maybe not practicing as much as they could have and uh and then they just Gonna get shunted off to the side real quick uh, to watch the boys play. I wonder. Part of me—you don't have to answer this if you don't want to—but I, I do wonder if those characters are gonna have any more parts to play in the future seasons. Oh, Elliot, you want to add anything about yeah, like
1: talking about the girls?
2: Yeah, they
1: do make appearances in the future seasons, but you don't really get to see them play as much.
3: You oh, get a gl- okay.
1: you get a glimpse of one of their games, I believe.
3: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: I don't, I don't think you. you it does, the series doesn't really focus on them, but then you do see them supporting the guys eventually. Mm. It's true.
2: Do the guys support them? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's like
1: a mutual respect, but like, yeah. This is well that gets into a spoiler that like the guys make it further than the girls.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean I understand that They even made it farther than the girls in this one Actually one of the other things I was wondering about This season is how come How come uh, This is so early in their season But they're kind of treating it like All or nothing
1: I do, Yeah cause I don't know how School in Japan works For like seniors cause, but like apparently yeah. There's like a certain point In the semester or like their school System where like eventually like seniors give up their clubs and like start focusing on careers or i guess it's kind of like
0: for us we have to do college apps they have to do entries exams for college
1: yeah so i think it's like the it's i believe like the start of the semester but then like eventually like I think at the end of this is the approach of the winter tournament, I believe. So like, and they're, exp- they're approaching the spring tournament after the season, but then like most people would expect a third year after the winter season to kind of give up their club and focus on entrance exams for like their future. So they're thinking, because like, it's just high school, it's just a club. Mm-hmm. So like, no one expects them to keep playing through the summer. Mm. Because it's like, why would a high schooler that's about to graduate continue to play for his club in the summer if they make it to, like, the Nationals? Yeah. But like yeah. this is so that's why I think they approach it as their last chance. So they keep going. They keep gunning for, like, being better.
2: When they say in the show when the Nationals is? I think it's because I think Isn't there, like, C- two Nationals?
1: I don't know. If there's two. What oh, I know okay. like it's I know it's after a spring tournament. So Oh okay.
0: So this yeah, I feel like it's definitely in the spring. It's
1: like, either the spring or like at the start of the summer.
0: Yeah. But right now they're so, in like that fall period between fall and winter. I think, right? right. Or did, are they so in, in, are they in summer? In the no. story
2: right now, when they when they when they begin the tournament, uh what is it like episode fifteen or something?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's a different tournament than the spring
2: one. Oh, okay. So, what do you know what month it is in the year when the tournament begins in these episodes? That I don't know off the top of my head. It, it's like summertime or something, right? Uh, well, summer is when they definitely start their training camp. Yeah. I don't know exactly it's, it's when. It's got to be at some point in the summer now.
0: Yeah. They keep talking about inter high, but is that does inter high happen twice a year? I don't really know. Yeah, I'm not even sure.
2: Yeah, I don't know enough about the Japanese school system.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they definitely. I'm just gonna take
2: it on faith that I just assume that whatever they do, they're just playing all out to win, no matter. Yeah, what I think the is. the
0: third years feel a lot more pressure because of yeah college exams and unless you're unless you're doing. I don't know how the professional scene works in Japan, but, yeah, unless you're going for, like, a college volleyball scholarship or something, you probably want to think about your future, too, during this time. Mm-hmm. Like, sports would definitely get in the way of that.
1: Oh, so, like, the history on the wiki says that Inner High and Spring Tournament were originally the same tournament, but they split into two different or, like, independent uh. tournaments with, slight different organizations. Spring tournament used to occur in March, but they moved it to January to allow graduating students to participate. So oh, that's when national... Okay. I believe that's when nationals
2: might be. Oh.
1: I think that's what they call spring tournament.
2: So it's that's held... probably the, the tournament when uh, Asahi got blocked all those times and then ended up giving up on volleyball for a few months.
1: Maybe? I'm not sure... Because they're talking about how the spring tournament is held in the Shibuya Ward in Tokyo. Ah, I see. Oh, okay. So
0: that's like actual real life volleyball,
1: how they do it. Yes, I think so. Okay. I think that's how it. But I think the spring tournament is what they refer to as nationals.
0: I see. I see. Interesting. Good to know. Good to know. I forgot what you are talking about.
2: We were just talking about the first match against uh, Daichi's former teammate. Oh, oh yeah.
3: Teammate, yeah.
0: You guys have I mean, anything else to cool. say? Okay,
1: I'll, just move I'm, I'll be honest. I don't even remember that match. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a pretty quick match, I think. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to segue right now. Mm-hmm. Record this. Okay, let's talk about the Iron Wall of Date extremely relevant to Asahi in particular. Yeah, this is their like first team that they have to overcome the defense side of or yeah, as Karasuna has to work on their offense. They have to overcome the defensive strength of Date.
1: Yeah, I think this is where like Shoyo gets a new rival too. Um that silent guy on Date Tech. Yeah. Or like <laughs> where they just like silently acknowledges him and like they become friends and shoyo just like enjoys hanging out with him yep and i think it's cool because like you this is like kind of like the first hurdle one of the first hurdles that they kind of encounter as a team just to face them and get past them because like the iron wall is so hard like how it's known is just hard to get points on because they're just such a defense good defensive team that they block you and they're so tall so for Shoyo, it's like a battle of height and metal in the air. And like, you just get to see that happen and like experience, like what it's like, especially for Asahi to like overcome that and be like given. And like thinking about what like Shoyo says, like, oh, I can see you over the wall. I can see you over the net. We can and then like he, the like the blessing that Kageyama is to him as a as a brilliant setter, just to, be able to help him get some points i think that was like phenomenal
2: Hmm. yeah yeah i think the show does really well when it illustrates metaphorical imagery like all that stuff with the iron wall that's blocking the way there's there's something i mean i guess it's straightforward but it's also just well done you know like it's the kind of thing that has those sort of inspirational qualities that I think most people enjoy when consuming fiction. Just something that shows you that the heroes are facing this obstacle and they're finding a way to overcome it. And the way it's illustrated in the show, you literally see this iron wall or like a a gate or a door or something and uh when they finally break through it's it's that moment of of triumph that you've just been waiting for that the show has been building up for you yeah it's it's interesting it's cool how they approach
0: it like differently this time like you know Asahi's used to like these quick attacks trying to spike it directly through but like I think they even use a different tactic this time. And I like how the show introduces new, like, volleyball tactics, like, each match, or we start to learn more about the game. But basically, like, Asahi, he's using Hanada as a decoy, and then he, like, attacks from the back. And I think that's, like, they describe it like, that's a move they learned from Nekoma. So it's, like, building upon their experience. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's that moment where you know, he's like in the air for like 10 seconds and he's like, I saw he's having this like life moment realization. It's like, I'm the ace and I'm going to get through the wall. Yeah. And it like literally shows the volleyball like tearing through that iron wall. So I think that was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, I'd have to mention the foot save the foot save from Nishi oh, yeah. to keep the ball in the air even after the first time he got blocked
2: uh i think yeah, that I that was th- pretty wild
3: yeah
0: actually there's a there's a genre of of of, of Haiku youtubers like that like are professional players there's the u s men's libero actually eric shoji he actually describes that scene as that's a real move like nishinoya sticking his foot out he's actually done that before, so that's like, pretty funny
2: yeah yeah i didn't know i didn't even know that you could use your feet. In volleyball I had to look that up After After I watched the episode After that scene happened I'm pretty sure I just paused it And I went <laughs> yeah. On the internet To see Wait You can do that?
0: Yeah There's definitely A whole YouTube hole Where you can just watch Professional Or coaches Of volleyball Overanalyze Haikyuu From a volleyball Perspective So yeah So yeah If you're into that If you like volleyball A lot Or you just want to know There's a lot of that On YouTube But yeah mm-hmm. Nishinoya, man, with the clutch save. (laughs) Let's see. Is there anything else you guys want to add? About Date Tech?
2: Cool.
0: All right, we're going to talk about the finale of Season 1. Their official match against Alba Josai. So, yeah, they win against Date Tech. And now they have to face... The terrible Oikawa the great king
1: <laughs> Yeah
0: so yeah There is a whole episode devoted to 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 Oikawa
1: Yeah and just to him Yeah
0: I think they describe it like he's not a genius but he's he's like he's like got a command of the game. He starts to like pick apart their tactics with Kagayama and Hinata hmm yeah uh, let's talk about like oikawa's background and how he kind of contrasts himself from kagayama what do you guys think
2: go ahead elliot
0: what do
1: i think of it they're like they're dynamic
0: yeah or what do you think about oikawa as a setter versus kagayama and their different experiences as
1: volleyball players I think Oikawa is more beloved by his teammates because like he just is popular. He's Mr. P- he's like always had this aura of Mr. Popular on the show. Where like he just is likable and like he has fangirls fanning over him and like his teammates kind of think he's an a-hole, but like he's like he has mastery of what he's doing because he's dedicated the time and hard work towards it. Because he is not a genius. He had to work to where he had to work to get where he is now. And, like, that's the opposite comparison with Kageyama, where Kageyama is, like, he is a genius, and he, he works hard for it, but then because he's a genius and he expects, like, a certain level of effort from everyone, that's him, him becoming isolated, and, like, you see those differences of their attitude, and that's why it's the king versus the great king. Mm. And, like, you you see a moment where Shoyo is, like, what's wrong with being the king of the court? It's, like, if he's a king, if he's bossy, then let him be bossy. It's, like... I'm going to do what I want to do anyways. (laughs) Uh, And I think, like, you just see how Shoyo starts to balance Kageyama out because he can meet Kageyama's expectations by, like, I'm going to be wherever I want to be, like, at the net, and I will hit your serves. Like, you serve your your sets as fast as possible, and I'll get there. But, like, because no one else could match Kageyama's speed, so... that it became a dynamic between the two of them for their freak quick that they could just do really fast. And I think that dynamic of going against Oikawa, who Kageyama looked up to, but Oikawa kind of, like, hated him, so, like, but he didn't really know that, and, like, you only see that in the backstory of them. You kind of see his snobby attitude towards Kageyama as well, so I think that's funny. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Drew, anything to add?
2: No, I think Elliot summarized it and explained it very well. Maybe the only thing that I would say, this isn't anything too deep, but the animation that they use for Oikawa whenever he does his serve. Oh yeah. That is pretty impressive animation. I think well, they used that. Cut ripples. In the OP too. Yeah. 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 There's just some really good animation in this show.
0: It's that, like... That the
2: jump cl- serve is impressive looking.
0: Yep. The close-up of the vibrations <laughs> throughout him and the ball. Yeah. The power.
1: It's yeah. that slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well done. It's just pretty.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I guess we kind of touched on it, but, like, what? Why do you think uh Oikawa doesn't like Kagayama? What do you uh, think is at the core of that?
1: I think that motivation comes from just like him being a genius and him being unaware and like hmm. like how naive he is. Because like when someone's younger than you and better at something than you and yeah. like doesn't try as hard or doesn't seemingly try as hard to do it, you kind of get frustrated as their senior because like you're like. I have to spend 10 hours doing this and you can do it in like one. It's like this frustrates me because like I've dedicated the time. I am like the captain of this team and you're better than me because just the sheer talent of your blessing, right? Yeah. Versus, mm-hmm. and that's why Oikawa kind of hates him and wants him to lose because he wants him to be humbled to a degree that makes him seem more human mm-hmm. than a genius at a setter level.
2: That is exactly why I hate everybody else <laughs> because everybody is so much better than me at doing everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that, that
0: goes back to the theme of talent versus experience yeah, uh, versus like hard work,
1: right? Yeah, but then you can't say that Kageyama doesn't put in hard work because he he does. Yeah, it's, it's just like that natural talent puts him a step from Oikawa so that's frustrating to him yeah i
0: like think they they describe it like various words potential intuition he just knows like how to toss the ball he 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 can like overanalyze every position on the court he can even spike the ball in like precision accuracy so he's kind of like this all-around genius but uh yeah let's talk a little bit about like during the match i think basically kageyama gets a little bit panicky he gets unnerved so they have to switch him out for sugawara let's talk about what do you think is going on in kageyama's head
1: uh he's shaken because he doesn't know how to deal with someone who can read his thoughts and like mm. he kind of slips back into his old mindset It's like oh i have to micromanage everything i have to be perfect yeah. i have to tell people when to attack and when to do this and it begins to stress him out, and he begins to pull him back into his old habits of being the king. And even Oikawa comments on that in his mind. And, but then that's where, like, Shoyo kind of shows it. it was like, who cares if he's the king? Just do what we want to do. We're, mm-hmm. we're a team. And he kind of settles him down, and it helps him with that. He's taken out of the match because Sugawara, actually, right here, is important because he helps lead the team, and he's like the older brother mentality, and he's like, he observes things from the sidelines and he's able to bring that back into the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good moment for both of those characters. It's also a fun moment from a volleyball perspective because then you get to see the uh mental aspect of the game come into come into play. It's just the the being able to outwit And outthink your opponent and kind of psych them out when you get into their heads Oh, when when Sugawara comes in it's it's kind of cool for him too because you get to see the older guy who got put on the bench in favor of a more athletic just better all-around younger guy he's now Sugawara gets his chance to Not necessarily redeem himself because he doesn't need to redeem anything but he gets a chance to shine and and show his contribution to the team and the fact that this whole time he's been a guy who uh you know he could have complained about being on the bench he's been on the team longer um he's more mature you know this and that any reason um he could come up with to Be ahead of Kageyama on the depth chart, but he didn't complain to the coach. He just kept on working, and those are the players that you got to respect in any sport. Is I think way too often you just see things where somebody gets relegated to the bench, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're not a good teammate. They're complaining about play time, or they want to get traded, or whatever, but. Uh, this guy's just too wholesome. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have that in him.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think he has like that. Wage, uh, wise sage like mode and like wisdom that comes into the game. And like some people will say that he's not an important character, but I think he is. I think he's like one of the cornerstones of the team, just like Daichi and Asahi are right now. They're like the third mm-hmm. years, are all the cornerstones that help ground the team because like they're the solid foundation that the team is built upon. Because. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't because they're not talented by any means. Like their their talent isn't as great as Shoyo or as Kageyama. And I think that's like just like showing your average shows that hold the team together instead of like oh it's this really amazing player that makes the team great.
2: Yeah, yeah. Any team sport you got to have glue guys. You need guys that have good team chemistry with everybody else, and they're just people you can rely on when you need them. They might not play. bunch of minutes every game but when they do go in when their number is called they're going to contribute and even if they're just on the bench they're still contributing in other ways whether it's just by talking to their teammates or uh, going to practice every day there's lots of ways that people can still contribute all good points their
0: talent is hard work and determination
3: <laughs>
0: a <lot> of talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, uh, of course, we all know spoilers, they don't win. But I think it's appropriate for the finale of at least season one. I think it's appropriate. They get a reality check like, yeah, yeah. you know, we're learning how to be an awesome team, but we're still in our training wheels. We still. Yep. haven't perfected our ability, our strategy, and you know, Alba, Josai is just a better team, Oikawa is just a stronger opponent than them. Uh yep. but he gives them that like reality check like, you know, you guys might be strong, but I'm stronger. I've worked harder. I've overanalyzed everything and I've broken you guys down. Uh, so yeah, we get that kind of like solemn episode in episode twenty five. I think Actually, it's called. Oh, were can we I say, say something? So-
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah, I think episode twenty four to me that that's the highlight of the season. It's like the, the true climax of everything. Yeah, there's just so much good stuff in that show in that episode. Mm-hmm. Like what I was saying earlier about the. the show does well when it illustrates metaphorical imagery like the stuff with date when they did the iron wall blocking the way and in episode 24 you have these cuts of kageyama literally dressed as a king and then uh, when he gets back into the game uh, he discards the cloak and the Mm. crown in this pivotal moment yeah to represent that he learns, that he finally learned to trust his teammates, you know, like that's a great way to animate that, and it really demonstrates the themes of perseverance and character growth. And then the ending of episode 24, that, that uh, I guess, credit scene after they lose the match, That that's a highlight scene of the whole show for me, where everyone takes the loss really hard and then the coach takes them out to eat. They go to this restaurant, and this food is just bountiful. It looks It looks delicious. Yeah. Everybody's hesitant to eat. Uh, they're hesitant to eat this great-looking meal after during a heartbreaking loss. The coach insists that they need a proper meal after all this strenuous exercise, so they eventually dig in. But everybody's just eating silently. There's no. No there's no jocularity. there's no jovial mood or banter. You can't really it's hard to have fun after a big disappointment like that and you we get the shot of Neta eating his food silently as tears just begin streaming down his face, and as the camera pulls back, we see we see everybody else crying uh and just eating silently, except for uh that dude with the glasses he's just eating. 'Cause I guess he's a jerk. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: the taste yeah, of it defeat. A... It's the taste of defeat. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's just eating silently yeah. and crying. Yeah. And yep. I thought that was just a poignant way to illustrate that sense of frustration that, that everyone is feeling. It's yeah, that was mm-hmm. a really well done scene.
1: Yeah, I liked how the tears looked in that one. I was like, dang, this looks so realistic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like all the snot that's dripping out of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like they
0: have to take it seriously. Like we talked about before, because you know now the seniors have to make a decision: are we going to keep playing volleyball? It's going to affect our entrance exams. But it's kind of this unanimous decision between the three older guys: Daichi Sugawara and uh, Asahi. They're going to keep going. You know, they they want to go to spring nationals right they want to go to the spring tournament so yeah Mm -hmm. i do i do think it was appropriate for them to lose and because you know and a lot of typical shonen they always just win they win a lot um sometimes goku has to lose um (laughs) actually goku does die a lot in the in the spoilers yeah he dies a lot in dragon ball z and they resurrect him a lot
2: (laughs) That's true,
0: yeah <laughs> uh, so you kind of see how you know this underdog story continues to be an underdog story, but yeah, the animation is really good with them, and all the crying and the sweating, yeah, the passion, the frustration the man they really yeah. they really just know how to to like make a good story
2: yeah, the the last episode of the season, episode 25, that one feels more like an epilogue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone's still dealing or dwelling on the loss. Uh, but then there's that sequence where we have Hinata and Kageyama in the gym, and they're working out their frustrations after the loss. There's, you know, they're just running around. They're screaming a lot. It That's a very shonen. <laughs> yeah characteristic there and it it's it's a pretty big contrast to the understated and subtle quiet at the end of the previous episode so yeah it it kind of feels like there are these two tones that the show has where you have these really well done subdued kind of scenes that really capture i think uh real emotion and, and how people really react like the scene at the end of twenty four. But then you also have these really dramatic shonen like scenes where they they get rid of all of the subtlety and they just have people screaming and, and yelling at each other.
3: Mm.
0: Yep. The beauty of the show. Alright. Unless you got I think that wraps up what we have to say about season one. Any closing thoughts
2: uh I enjoyed it, man. I think uh I'm definitely gonna keep on watching uh, even if we don't podcast about it i'm I'm gonna check out season two uh at some point, so I'm looking forward to that
0: cool. Ela like anything to add? This is your favorite show?
1: Season one is just where it starts. It gets way better after that
0: yeah i nice. I would agree, yep, yeah. so yeah. I think I was going to start this new thing uh pretty much in terms of arbitrary ratings, you know, is this a do this drug or pull the plug? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why are they two extreme things? Because right there?
0: there's no middle ground for this
2: podcast. Both are terrible options, though. Like, yeah.
1: do this drug or pull the plug. Bro.
2: <laughs> when you play this Game of Thrones, there is no middle ground. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely do this drug. Die.
0: And I have done this drug repeatedly in, ter-
1: <laughs> in terms of IQ. Uh, I mean, I, I would recommend watching this show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a drug. It might be yeah. for some people. Well, didn't but... you
0: describe it as the cure for depression? <laughs> so it's probably gonna it's be my, the literal it's my, title it's of the episode.
1: It's my cure for depression. Uh, it's not gonna be for everyone else. It's like I can watch this and just I can be sad, and watch this, and I'll be happy just because of the show. <laughs> mm. But like, that doesn't go for everyone because like it's not the same. Prescriptions aren't the same for everyone. That's true. All right.
0: <laughs> That's a good segue oh, we're yeah, going to th- go th- to. This
2: is uh this is definitely do the drug for me. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. If it's a choice between that or pulling the plug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I love this do show. This drug. I love this drug. This is a good drug. But yeah, I think Kai-Q, like you, you don't have to like volleyball, but you'll definitely love this show. It's a shonen that separates itself with storytelling, character development, just overall quality, how they execute it. And yeah, definitely check season one out if you have not and continue to binge as much as you like. There's plenty of hike you. It's like four seasons, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot and you'll find out who they face in the future. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So, now we're going to go into a segment that I like to call The Doctor's Orders.
3: This is The Doctor's Orders. Take your medicine.
0: Basically, each one of us will give our best anime prescription of the month that we think or, not of the month, just in general, that we think well, one show that sort of matches the vibes of Haikyuu or tries to like, you know, something similar if you're interested in Haikyuu. So Drew, why don't you start us off?
2: Okay. My recommendation for the doctor's orders is an anime called Tsurine. Tsurine is a 2018 Kyoto animation series. Last month, there was a movie sequel and it was also announced that there'll be a season two uh, in January of 2023. However, I've only seen that original first season, but I can say that that one season is a satisfying story in and of itself. And the reason why it's my recommendation is because it's also a sports anime. Surune is about kyudo, which is the Japanese martial art of archery, and it's primarily about five boys on the high school team. Although there are some girls on the team, the story is really about the boys. And the protagonist is a boy named Minato, who was in his middle school's Kudo Club and was a rising star until he became afflicted with target panic, which is a condition, a real condition that affects archers and makes it difficult for them to shoot properly and accurately. So as a result, he's hesitant to join his high school club, but he eventually gives in and, and joins. And despite his target panic, he... To help his team win the prefectural tournament So, you know, pretty standard setup for a sports show But I think uh, one of the things that makes this series effective to me It's only 14 episodes, but the storytelling and pacing are They feel more sophisticated And it's a show that doesn't really feel too much like a shonen Because it doesn't equate character growth with becoming better at the sport which I think uh, a lot of shonens equate character growth with, you know, improving as a fighter or leveling up or whatever you may want to call it. But this show uh, equates character growth with actual, like, emotional development and maturity. So I think it also does a good job of showing off the sport of kudo and explaining what it is without getting super pedantic or boring about it. So, yeah, overall, I just really appreciated the thoughtfulness of it um and it's a very character driven show really good one if you like shows that are centered around uh teammates and male friendships so, yeah that's my recommendation Surine by kyoto animation
0: cool thanks drew uh, i could share my recommendation uh so under the same studio production IG they recently came out with a uh a sports anime, a soccer anime called Ao Ashi. And I think there's a manga as well. I haven't read it yet, but I've watched about twenty-three episodes of the of Ao Ashi and I can say it's it's a pretty decent anime for uh having the same vibes as Haikyuu. I don't like it as much as Haikyuu but I definitely think it has some it has some uh, good the some of those same elements of you know uh, a a protagonist trying to learn the sport better making these realizations and then eventually it takes a while for the show I think a lot slower than Haikyuu but it eventually the it's basically about this dude who wants to become a professional soccer player and then he joins this elite youth team. They're called Esperian Youth, and basically he's realizing like how amateur he really is because he spent most of his life playing with like just amateur junior high, uh, high, you know, junior high players. So he's like learning how elite you know his teammates really are, and he's the underdog. And I think it does it less skillfully than Haiku and explaining like, their character development. But I do think it has a lot of the same elements with, like, they do the slow-motion shots of the soccer ball. They do, like, bird's-eye view of the court. uh, Or I guess in the soccer it's called the field. Uh, But, yeah, I think if you like Haikyuu, Production IG is definitely behind Aouashi. And you might not get the same experience, but it'll, it'll be like, you know, you're consolation prize while you wait for (laughs) Haikyuu to come back (laughs) I think that's the way I describe it Uh, but I mean I I do I do I think I appreciated the show more as I kept watching like the first 10 episodes I was like oh this show's okay and then after like 15-20 episodes I was like oh yeah this show is becoming more about the team and how they, you know, how these characters are learning to be soccer players, and of course, soccer is not just an individual sport. So, I like that too. That's all I'll say about. I actually go check it out. If you like something along the lines of Hike, you, anything to recommend uh, this month?
1: My recommendation would to be go to be <laughs> go outside. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay not to watch anime, uh, as as controversial as that may sound, but if you do need a shonen that you do want to watch, I always recommend Shokugeki. As far yeah. as sports animes go, I don't know if I recommend any besides Haikyuu. It's really hard for me to stand by and recommend a sports anime if I don't want to watch it myself, so <laughs> I won't lie and say, like, you should watch another sports anime, because I don't think there's anything that's really that good out there that might be sports. That, At least from my opinion. So, like, if you're just looking for shonens, I think Shogugaki is a good one that's fully complete, so you can just binge it. Mm. That one's about food, and I love food, so.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to say about Tsurine is that the voice actor for Kageyama plays one of the characters in Tsurine, and he also plays a character that's An overly serious jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So I wonder if that actor has been typecast. Maybe. Quite possible. Yeah. He's probably got that voice for it. Yeah, he does.
0: Yeah, just do what you're good at. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think overall Haikyuu sets the bar like super high. So yeah, for for sports anime, I, I wouldn't be surprised if... Most people prefer Haikyuu. It really does. It is special. It's a, It's like a magical feeling every time you watch an episode. It's like I don't even. It's like I don't even need to be doing anything. I'm just sitting in my room, and then all of a sudden they say something or do something, and I'm like, "Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do something." Um. But yeah. It's pretty cool how Haikyuu has that effect. Alright, that concludes our Doctor's Order segment and pretty much concludes our second episode of Haiku. Or oh, not Haiku, <laughs> second episode of our podcast. Okay. We might have we may have more episodes on Haiku in the future, so stay tuned for that. Uh, as always, thank you for tuning into the anime waiting room podcast. Uh, I'd like to plug our Twitter. Uh you can go to twitter.com slash any waiting room that's a and i waiting room and most of the time it's usually drew tweeting good tweets <laughs> occasionally uh one of us uh, other will drew or, or elliot and i will maybe tweet something but yeah drew's pretty
2: part of the game is guessing who yeah. tweets what
0: yeah yeah uh, I definitely don't uh, watch anime much on my TV.
2: <laughs> that's a giveaway, isn't it? If you see a tweet with a photo of a screenshot from a TV, that's probably most likely from
1: yeah, me. If it's a screenshot taken with a phone. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool.
0: Uh, yep, and then you can follow us on uh, anime... Sorry, Anchor.fm slash the anime waiting room. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then just a quick shout out to Drew's other podcast. He is a co host on Between the Gutters. Drew, would you like to plug your links for that?
2: Yeah, that's right. So if you listen, if If you like to read comics, uh, or you're into comic books at all, Between the Gutters is where my friend and I talk about all things comics, from uh, superhero stuff to indie stuff to manga and various adaptations of things, including Marvel movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So you can find us if you just do a search for Between the Gutters podcast. We're on Spotify and everything. We're on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can also find us on linktree slash between the gutters that's the way to find all of our links so
0: yeah thanks
2: alright cool
0: so that concludes our second episode and uh, thank you all for tuning in alright I guess uh, Yeah, stay uh, what is it stay safe
2: (laughs) stay frosty yeah Stay weeby, stay weeby. Enjoy. I've never been a weeb so I cannot stay a weeb. <laughs> I am not a weeb.
1: That's something a weeb would say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go 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 watch hike ASAP. I, I cannot be a weeb because I watch my anime on a TV the way God intended. <laughs> yeah. Like a
1: true American.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Go watch Haikyuu. Love it. Enjoy it. Overanalyze it. It's 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 great. Alright. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode. And I uh, hope to see you guys later. We'll be here in the you anime shall. waiting room. See ya. Bye. this episode of the anime waiting room tune in next episode as we discuss the series sing yesterday for me